Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. I'm your other host, Charles Rogers, and uh, Bradley just made me do shitty Skywalker family trivia in the 10-minute break. Uh, So I'm coming into this episode a little bit. Bradley, I am personally offended at some of the questions you asked me. They were really bad. Personally offended. Like, okay, the the stormtrooper that Luke Skywalker's armor steal. The, who, that was a who pretty was good one. That was a pretty good one. I did have to think because I was like, is that TK421? Right. Like, did he specifically steal TK421's armor? Did Luke Skywalker commit a hate crime? Right. But all the others, I was like, I'm personally offended. Yeah, they're asking me these dumb. questions. It's like, what's the, what is uh, evil Anakin's name? Like, okay, like, really? Yeah. Uh, Before we dive into the episode, Bradley, you and I are recording this episode several weeks early, but it will come out two days before May the 4th. Happy May the 4th, everyone, because we won't be seeing you on May the 4th. We will not. Uh, Last year, we recorded an episode... I believe we recorded it on May the 4th. It didn't come out May the 4th. This year, we're doing neither. We're neither recording an episode May 4th. Yeah, they gypped us this year. Yep, it's on Wednesday. Calendar, calendar. That's what's so crazy about this. If It's on a Wednesday this year. Their release dates for TV shows and all their stuff is on Wednesdays. So why the hell did they not premiere something I, on a Wednesday? I thought, look, I thought they would premiere Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. I genuinely thought like, ah, yes, they will premiere Obi-Wan Kenobi on May the 4th. That makes sense. They premiered it. They premiered Bad Batch on May the 4th. We got Aftermath on May the 4th, but not so Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, <sighs> You think they'll just do another trailer? They'll probably they'll probably do some announcements. I predict like, yeah. they're, they're holding a lot of the announcements for Star Wars Celebration. Which you would make sense. Yeah. You know what I'll bet they'll do? I'll bet they will do a like animation trailer or announcement. Because we've got a live action TV panel, and I'll bet you that's where they're going to reveal future live action TV shows. Right. They have a Bad Batch panel, which I bet you will be where they show the trailer for season two. Right. They have a Mando Plus panel, which I bet you will be where we'll get some information about Mando season three. Mm-hmm. But they have not scheduled a, a main animation panel, which is bullshit, in my opinion but whatever. I bet you they're going to release something animated May the 4th. Uh, Now, again, we're recording this on April the 16th. So if something has come out between now and May the 2nd, when this episode is scheduled to air, we don't know it at time of recording. I am not Palpatine, but that's my theory as of recording this is they will drop an animated announcement or something Mm -hmm. on May the 4th. Or we'll just get 20% off star wars stuff on other websites or i'll just spend a fuckload of money on legos again (laughs) that's that's usually what it is probably be what happens well we're getting two new character packs for lego star wars the skywalker saga we're getting boba fett uh, not boba fett boba fett's in it we're getting mando season two character pack and we're getting the bad batch character pack on may the 4th that's who i would play in that dumb game i would be fennec shan the whole time yeah may the 4th you could, I believe, let me Google it. The Mando Season 2 character pack is Ahsoka Tano, Boba Fett, Bo-Katan, Fennec Shand, and Moff Gideon. We already have the Mandalorian with Grogu, Grief Karga, uh, Cara Dune, IG-11, and Quill. Good, good little pack there. 
Good little pack there. And then we also get on May 4th, the Bad Batch character pack with Hunter, Wrecker, Tech, Echo, and Crosshair. No Omega, which is bullshit, but I have a theory about that. Why the fuck would they not include Omega? So I have a theory. I have a theory that they're going to include, they're going to do a Bad Batch season two character pack and they're going to do Omega in that one. That's my theory. Maybe because she's not. Well, I was going to say, are they going to do like, well, we don't have time jump. I have heard rumors of a time jump and we theorized a time jump. We did theorize time jump. Yeah. So maybe they're saving her character model for the time jump version. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but like, I mean, it is bullshit that what is ostensibly the main character of the show is not included in the character pack. But yeah, this is not a show for me to rant about that for hours. Uh, no, we got more important things to talk about. We do. We have more important things to rant about. So all that's to say, happy May the 4th. If anything <laughs> happened, we don't know about it three weeks in advance. Right. So if you are just joining us, we have been watching through the Star Wars, the Clone Wars micro series that aired between 2003 and 2005 in order to kill some time between uh, Boa Fett and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, Bradley has never seen these episodes. I grew up watching them. Uh, so I watched them on Cartoon Network when they originally aired. Uh, we are doing episode 25 today which starts at minute 50 minutes exactly and goes all the way to the end. That's a very easy one. That's a, yeah, so, that's not too hard to follow. If you've never seen it, pop over to Disney Plus, watch the about 12 minutes of video, uh, and then come back and join us. Bradley, what did you think of the season finale of the Clone Wars? Ser- series finale of the Clone Wars, rather. It was good. I just wish there was like an end credit scene um, to tease the upcoming uh, film that was going to come out after this, which was Revenge of the Sith. Let me check something <laughs> real fast. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I, I genuinely want to check something. Uh, okay. So this came out in 2005. Yeah. Iron Man, which popularized the end credit scene, right, came out in 2008. Ah, damn. So the end credit scene was not a thing yet. But no spoilers, but this one literally ends where Revenge of the Sith begins. Like, not even at the same point that it begins. It ends in like the same area of space. Yeah, the same little like actual scene. That Yes, it literally ends with that scene. I was going to say, because I think moving forward, like you could, if you wanted to, if you want to include this in your own personal headcanon um which i do at least the scenes on coruscant i like the idea of watching this right before you watch revenge of the sith so here's the thing with the clone wars my view of canon sort of has changed like i understand and accept that there is a canon and some things are canon and some things are not canon some things are dubiously canon because as i mentioned last week we do not have a canon like kidnapping of chancellor palpatine and also i mentioned on a previous episode that dirge the bounty hunter from volume one is now canon uh he was brought back for dr afra i largely will consider the events of this show to have happened in some form so i can watch this now as i'm recording this brotherhood has not come out yet the new novel with obi-wan and anakin that novel will reveal the first meeting of asajj Ventress and obi-wan kenobi They've actually released, that's not a spoiler, they've released on StarWars.com an official marketing material that she's in it, 
And it's the first meeting between Obi-Wan and Asajj Ventress, which does somewhat contradict the events of volume one, but I still think you can watch volume one. And, and largely it will slot nicely into canon. Nice. If, you, if you choose to include it, there are certain things that I, like in my personal head hand, and I consider, yeah, that probably happened in some form. Maybe not this exact form, but, you know, this happened in some form. So no, you this can still exact form. I, yeah. I say that the 2003 Clone Wars, uh, at least the second half, is all... Except for the Nelvon stuff, which is directly contradicted by... Yeah, no, I don't, I don't include the Nelvon stuff. We can just ignore all that. Which is directly contradicted by Clone Wars Season 7, but... <laughs> canon is weird and fluid and variable, and Star Wars is mythology, not a history, so... You can basically tell it however you Yeah, pick and I want to be careful like, saying that. I'm going to stop myself because when I say you can tell the story whatever way you want, uh, that does not mean you can ignore big chunks of the main story that definitely happen because oh, you yes. personally don't like it. Looking at you, Ray Skywalker people who are <laughs> are still mad about her being a Skywalker. You cannot just pretend the movie did not happen. I, I think uh, they should just be thankful that she just is not Triclops. I think that's what they need to be. I, I agree. I, I agree wholeheartedly that they <laughs> they should her father accept, is not Triclops. They should accept that she's a Skywalker and that it could be a lot worse for them. Uh, they could have had Ken. Which is worse. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Lord. Yeah, when I say that, what I mean is, especially when it comes to the expanded universe material, you can be a little bit fluid about how you approach canon mm-hmm. and have it be an enjoyable experience for you. I'm so glad I stopped myself and clarified because that would have been uh, <laughs> grossly misinterpreted. Uh, anyway, Stan Roy Skywalker. Moving on to... <laughs> The 2005 Clone Wars series. We open up with Yoda and Mace Windu fighting on Coruscant. Yoda sends his light creature that he's riding away because he's like, it is no longer safe for you here. Okay. Yoda, my dude, it is a war zone. Yeah, I'm confused. Brought the thing into the war zone. Why does he even have the thing is the question. You brought the thing into the <laughs> war zone. You were like, it's not safe. Sends him off. Is still in the middle of a war zone. Like, where is he going to go, Yoda? But it's like, where? Okay, like, let's pretend this is we're still in canon territory. Let's pretend that this is we're back in 2005, and yes. you know, Revenge of the this Sith is, is this about is, to come out. This is technically canon, right? Uh, Labyrinth of Evil is also canon. It's very confusing, but right. yes, let's, let's just put our is... heads in that space. Where is this goat thing in all of Revenge of the Sith? Where does he keep? his pet goat steed on Coruscant. I don't want Where do you keep livestock on Coruscant? One would imagine the Jedi temple has spaces for animals. Well, you got to think because animal husbandry and like learning to communicate with animals is a big part of Jedi training. In fact, in legends, if you weren't selected as a Padawan learner by age 13, they would send you basically to the agricultural corps to send you off to farm. So Jedi have a strong connection with animals, and this is in canon too. Obi-Wan Kenobi, canonically in the main canon, has a strong affinity for animals. Like he can basically get animals to do whatever he wants. Well, yeah, and so can, you know, our favorite Ezra. Yes. Who's the only one that I know of like 
that blatantly can essentially talk to animals <laughs> through the force. Yeah, it's Obi-Wan and, and Ezra are very proficient at it, but like well, most Jedi can do it. So I imagine they probably had like pens and like mm. areas. It's a huge temple. So they probably had like simulated outdoor areas. I was going to say, because uh, I was I'm reading the Ahsoka novel and she brings up the fact that before they start training Padawans and kids, they usually have an affinity for one kind of special talent before they hone their abilities. And she's talking about how the girl that she is seeing or protecting or whatever can has the ability of foresight um, or like can tell when something bad is about to happen or something kind of like how Anakin has enhanced piloting skills as a child because that's how the Jedi know that's how they know that like if you if you're a kid like a very young kid if you show a specific talent for something that's usually how the Jedi will pick up on it Hmm. Uh, they have at least in canon they have seekers that wander the galaxy that are essentially following up on reports of like this kid did some weird shit (laughs) I I re-listened Okay, read the High Republic books, and then I go back and listen to the audiobooks uh, once I've already read it. And I just finished Midnight Horizon. And not to spoil a bunch of Midnight Horizon, but there is a sequence in there where a character locates a Jedi, a potential Jedi Padawan who's a very young girl. And the way that they do this is that they reach out with the force to stop someone from falling. And then the girl reaches out with the force to stop someone from falling and it works. And they're like, damn, I got to take you back to to master (laughs) Yoda. I have to steal you from your parents and take you back to this uh, monk temple. Uh, I believe the girl is an orphan. It's implied that she's an orphan, but anyway, anyway, uh, Stan Midnight Horizon, that book has so many gay people in it. Uh, it is delightful. Uh, truly, Daniel Jose Older uh, is an ally because he's like, let me put all of all of the gay people in this book now. Back in uh, a realm of not having nearly enough gay people in it. Yeah, we're we're back on Coruscant. Yoda and Mace Windu kind of figure out that like shit. They're after Palpatine. Speaking of gay people, Palpatine. Uh... Speaking of, uh, we don't uh... want him. <laughs> actually we don't want him well think about it he has to be canonically gay because he wants to live forever so he's gone through the process of all this quote-unquote plastic surgery and whatever he's doing to keep his body alive or making more bodies (laughs) palpatine is one of those like old gay men that you see at like drag brunches where he's like clearly he has stretched his life beyond his means he has tons of money no one mm-hmm. knows where it comes from right uh and he usually has uh two or three twinks with him whom he is paying for their bottomless mimosas jesus christ we don't want palpatine but we can certainly read him that way what a creepy uncomfortable dude yes they do realize that it's palpatine somewhere in here there's a subtitle error uh, I'm not sure if it's this scene or the next scene. It's been a while since I watched the episode and took my notes. The subtitles say Sith, but the audio says Senate. However, as we know from Palpatine saying, I am the Senate, these are the same thing. I thought it was a very, very, very fun funny little, little fuck up. Yeah, that's a fun fuck up. That is a very fun fuck up. Speaking of Palpatine, he and his Jedi, 
they reach like this like train underground like train which mm-hmm. space train Woo! <laughs> right hell yes and shakti's like i'll stay behind you take the chancellor and go to the bunker i'm gonna hold off the magna guards by myself and this is the point where we remember ah yes shakti is on the jedi council Right. Shakti is a Jedi master. Shakti is extremely good at this. <laughs> I like lo- I mean, don't get me wrong, I love her so much. This is amazing. I'm just confused. It's like, why is she the one who's tasked with this thing? Like supposedly this train or whatever takes him to a bunker, right? Does he really need anybody to take him to the bunker? Like Yes. Yes. They would not leave him by himself. Okay. So but the logic his is- guards. The Jedi are his guard. Oh, all of his no, other guards. His other they guard. all got oh, so they all got killed in episode 23. Oh, that's right. Grievous killed Grievous them all. murdered okay. them all. Duh. I'm like, I'm like, where the hell are his guards? I know he has like personal guards. Like he did. Right. They all got murdered. Damn. Also, remember, Palpatine wants to be caught. Good lord, saying Palpatine's plan to seduce Anakin is so much more uncomfortable now that I've made the comparison <laughs> to like a 90-year-old gay man at brunch. Ugh. So I regret real, having done that. So real quick, what? let's pretend that Palpatine doesn't want to get caught. Why would, for his guards, quote-unquote guards, I'm kind of flashing to um, the sequel saga with Snoke, and I'm confused. Like, his guards are, like, you know, these, you know, well-trained whatever people, right? And I'm thinking like Palpatine had this whole subplot in Clone Wars where he was trying to find four sensitive babies. And, you know, eventually I'm assuming these people become inquisitors or something, but like, why wouldn't he make these four sensitive babies his like personal guards? Well, he wouldn't do it in this era because he's still pretending to be Chancellor Palpatine. So he has to use the Senate guards. The Senate guard are supposed to be loyal to the Senate. Uh, They're not loyal to the Chancellor directly. They work for the Senate. So the Chancellor doesn't have his own person, he's not supposed to have his own personal guard. He does at this point have his own Senate guard uh, that is tasked with, but remember Shakti shows up with the Senate guard and the clone troopers and Jedi. The Senate guard die immediately. The clones, most of them die immediately. The rest of them get picked off. By the time they get to the train station, it's just the Jedi. There's no communication, so they can't call for reinforcements. They have no one else that they can call to get help. They're only just now, Yoda and Mace Windu are only just now figuring out that Palpatine is the actual target. And again, they have no communications. So they're going to rush over. Mace Windu is going to rush over there to try to reinforce them. He's going to rush over to the bunker. They leave Shakti behind because she's a Jedi Master. So if they leave the two Jedi behind, they're probably going to get killed. If they leave Shakti behind, she's going to be able to hold off the the guards, which we see she's able to do mm-hmm. for much longer than the two other Jedi. And you send the two Jedi with the Chancellor to the bunker just in case something goes wrong. Yeah, Shakti's a badass. That's that's my note on this scene. Shakti is a badass. <laughs> Back on Nelvin, uh, Anakin Skywalker is trying to save the Nelvin mutants. Uh, however, the, the latest subject, like, rip, breaks free of his restraints. Uh, he rips the, like, he starts ripping cybernetic, like, the mind control chest plates off. 
And I, I guess it's symbolic because Anakin could like break out of his own manipulation and save everybody from the Chancellor, but that is a stretch to read yeah. that into that. I also don't like the mutated Nelvon's look. <laughs> well, I didn't bring it up last time, but I didn't bring it. They're, they're kind well, of like they're awkward. Meant, they're meant to be. Yeah. Like we see there's a, a really beautiful scene later in this episode where they're worried that they won't be reaccepted because they've been grossly disfigured by this procedure and they are welcomed back anyway. Mm. So we are not supposed to look at them and go, oh, how cute. We are supposed to look at them and go, oh, God. <laughs> right. Wow, that is horrifying what they did to you. I mean, so it works yeah. in that context. The one we see pre-being mutated definitely is a lot more attractive for a uh, yeah, lucky lucky to his wife <laughs> oh yeah right oh yeah especially since he has both of his arms listen listen if there's one thing i've learned <laughs> from star wars uh specifically from the high republic comics and from the book of boba fett uh is i am a lot more sexually open than i thought i was when it comes to star wars aliens oh my god I want to fuck the lizard, Bradley. Call me Orla Jereni because I want to fuck the lizard. Okay. I'm not, uh, that, but okay. <laughs> you haven't read the High Republic comics yet, but that's okay. We'll, we'll get there. We've been having discussions on the back end. Uh, anyway, it turns out there's a crystal in the middle of the energy chamber that's powering the whole thing. Back to Shakti being a badass again. Yeah, that's my only note on Shakti versus the Magna Guards. Uh, holy shit. She gets like an Electra staff and is fighting them with it. Like it's, yeah. it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, such a great scene. I think she's, um, like I said, she's one of the better characters. And that's why I'm sad that she got cut from Red of the Sith because I think had they left her in there and then you had kept this in the quote unquote canon at the time, it would have been a lot more of a, like, I think people who just watched the movies would have been like, oh, it's just a random Jedi that gets killed in the movie. But if mm-hmm. you had watched this before you could watch that, then you would have been like, what? How, would you, how did you kill her? She's amazing. Like To bring up the Bad Batch, there's a sequence where Hunter and the rest of them are getting off the shuttle on Kamino and they wheel like the dead body of a Jedi past and the lightsaber like falls down. I agonized for days over whose lightsaber <laughs> that, that was. was trying to figure out and eventually concluded we don't fucking know like i was cross-referencing lightsabers (laughs) to try to figure it out and sort of like that is an impactful scene on its own but had it been somebody we knew it would have been more impactful and i agree with you that if they had kept shakti dying in some form in revenge of the sith either on the invisible hand have it be at least implied being done by vader at the temple like maybe we saw her body or something but there was a lot of decapitation that they cut out of there's one that they left in well because in the novel once again stan revenge of the sith the novel it's so good you know how in uh in the the fight scene in the chancellor's office he basically kills the other three that aren't mace immediately in the book kip fisto lasts like a couple of seconds longer and then palpatine decapitates him and his head like falls onto the desk and he's like still smiling as he dies. Like his decapitated head is sitting on the desk. Yeah, the book is so fucking metal. It does not have to go that hard, but it does. 
a lot of decapitation in, in Revenge of the Sith. And now, you know, I'm also thinking too, <clears throat> I know this hadn't been a thing yet, but again, in another parallel universe, Shakti would have been Ahsoka and still would have been his apprentice because Clone War, all of Clone Wars would have happened up until this point. Right? How would Shakti have been Ahsoka? I'm just, no, I'm saying in, Shakti would not have been the character they used. They would have used Ahsoka as the character that Grievous oh, would 100%. kill to cause Anakin to become like vindictive. And that's why he kills Dooku in the end that, of the scene. That would have been an interesting choice. I don't know if it's a choice that Dave would have made because it feels like he even had a plan for Ahsoka in Legends. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like, just my my theory of like, if you wanted to give Anakin a, a truly good reason to start becoming evil other than just eh, Palpatine tricks so him to what kill you're, Dooku. So what you're saying is that one thing they could have done is have Ahsoka die during the Siege of Coruscant and that is what gets Anakin to kill Dooku. Right. On board the... That is a story choice. I'm not sure I like it necessarily because i don't really like like fridging a character but it also does explain it would explain more like why he just murders dooku like that yeah it'd be like the first domino that falls you know like or the thing that snaps in him to kind of give well in the original in the original like grievous kills shakti so like maybe we marry the two maybe they could have done it to where like dooku kills shakti right and fucks off and when they get the chancellor dooku shows up again anakin doesn't really he doesn't have like a direct emotional connection to shakti but he does know her she is a jedi Right. You could do you could do that. That would be it would yeah. still be it would still be fridging, but it wouldn't be Ahsoka. True. Which is two thousand Well, Ahsoka didn't exist. Two thousand five Star point. Wars yeah, that so. happens yeah, all yeah, the yeah. time. Because Star Wars didn't figure out how to consistently write women well until the Clone Wars. Speaking of Anakin, we're we're back on Nelvon. Right. Uh, Anakin like reaches into the crystal chamber and like burns his hand off oh no that's he why he doesn't his... have a gold hand and <laughs> yep because he burned it off and they had to put another i guess they had a spare sitting around i guess so. yeah i mean we can here it's, it's just, just it, we'll skip forward it doesn't actually ruin anything but when he gets his hand fixed at the end it's still gold he just takes a black glove and puts it on and then what's really weird there's an error when he's walking away like right before the end his hand is up and it's all gold like there's no glove on it anymore it was really weird it was like an error huh yeah anakin uh anakin loses his his mechanical hand and Mm -hmm. then he goes up to the surface the techno union is trying to escape and then some stuff happens (laughs) that i can't quite understand how this works but specifically uh Anakin fucking murders all of the techno union scientists, which on the one hand, that's correct. That's the correct reaction. On the other hand, we get it. He's gonna be Darth Vader. In about five minutes, he's gonna become Darth Vader, but he's already murdering these. And like the death of the Separatists at the end of Revenge of the Sith is supposed to be a midway stepping stone on his his path path to being Vader. So I'm not sure how I feel about this sequence. Yeah, I'm not sure well, I like it. 
it's weird yeah because it's like why is i mean don't get me wrong yeah they're bad people but i don't know if he would be so vindictive to the point that he would kill the techno union guys because he doesn't really know the nelvins that well like he's protecting them or whatever helping them but i don't know he if doesn't he's like murder for them he doesn't yeah the reason that it, it he does it is because he's got anger issues well yeah <laughs> Like, that's the reason he does it. (laughs) But it feels like as far as the steps on his journey to become Darth Vader, it essentially feels like he already is Darth Vader in Mm. this sequence. Yeah. Legends, like I said, Legends had this bad habit of like constantly reminding us that he was going to become Darth Vader by having him do Vader-like things. One thing that the 2008 series improved is when this happened, and it does happen, it is a lot more justified because in that one, it justified like in terms of why he does it. Nothing he does is justified morally, but in universe, it's a lot more justified. The moment I point to is the moment Darth Vader starts is when uh, he chokes out Poggle the Lesser to get him to reveal information Mm. in season two of The Clone Wars. He force chokes Pago Lesser for the first time. He does it because Ahsoka's in danger. Anakin Skywalker cares about four people and one droid. And if you endanger any of those four people or one droid, Anakin Skywalker will ruin your goddamn life. So sad he doesn't even care about the droid that he made. He only cares about the one he only that, cares about that his girlfriend gave him. Yeah. So this sequence, <laughs> when, when Anakin like murders the entire techno union thing, On the one hand, I do believe he is morally justified in doing this, but the show wants us to think that he's going too far. And it's like, why are you doing this now at this point in his development? It doesn't feel right to me. It feels like it it should come a lot later in his development as Darth Vader. And I have a secondary question. Um, I know the whole point is that the Nelvins are like, oh, the ghost hand or whatever. And he uses his non-nub of a hand. Yeah, he literally uses the ghost hand to choke out the guy. And then they're like, oh, he's the ghost hand, which... has uh, Has he done that before? Like, has he used his mechanical hand to force choke? Or does he only use his real hand to force choke in the New Hope? Yeah, it's like well, what he, a, he doesn't have real hands in well, the New Hope. Oh, that's true. He in Revenge of the Sith, his both of his arms get cut off, right? Correct. Okay, so then that answers my question. Because I, my if you hear me was, frantically typing he, yeah. in the background, uh, <laughs> listeners, I I do apologize. I know it comes through. I'm looking for the Poggle the Lesser scene because I want to see what hand he uses to choke out Poggle. Yeah, if he uses mechanical or if he uses his regular. He uses his mechanical hand in that one. Weird. Okay. To choke out. So he's always had the ability to use his nub to choke. Mm -hmm. Well, it's just the force. (laughs) Right. the, The motions are just a way to channel it. You can use the force without needing to use your hands. You can do it. It's it's just a way to channel it. So I believe the implication is that he's using the more mechanical part of himself, the more Vader part of himself mm, to do yes. it. So I, I like murdering the Techno Union people, but I don't feel like it makes sense in the broader context. I said I wouldn't get into like the whole white saviory undertones to this whole narrative. The scene where they're like chanting about him being the ghost hand is probably one of the worst offenders of those particular undertones to this whole narrative you could have a whole debate over it i don't want to have it but i do want to say that watching that sequence that's the most uncomfortable for me in terms of it being the closest to like just a direct white savior narrative that's going on here and what's weird about the whole scene too is because 
technically, if it weren't for the other Nelvin warrior that didn't really get turned, like he would have just murdered them all anyway. So the the fact that they're worshiping him or whatever they're doing is chanting for him or because if the other guy is the hero right because the other guy is the real hero because the other guy figured out how to quote-unquote save them all without murdering right without (laughs) without this sequence it wouldn't have been so readily apparent that those undertones like you could have argued back in episode back earlier in the episode that the the nelvan warrior did the most and all Anakin did was like rip out the core. But in this, when he's killing Murdering. all of the techno union guys, and it's yeah. like, anyway, jumping back to Coruscant and a yes. less uh, uncomfortable sequence. Oh, no, I don't want to go back to Coruscant yet. I want to talk about the scene where they come back. Oh, okay. So they come back and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> the village is like, what the fuck happened to you? Yeah. Uh, and there's this tense moment. It's all beautifully done with no dialogue there's this tense moment where it looks like they're not going to be accepted back. And then this child comes out and like embraces their father and the, the village is reconciled. They welcome them back in. I love this scene. It's great. It's touching. It's beautiful. It's done without words. It's purely done through the animation, through the music, through the shot composition. I have a question that's probably going to ruin this scene. Um, (laughs) So from a, standpoint of furthering this population the children the there are male children they okay. already have a generation they already have a generation of male children okay they already have a generation of male children thinking like i'm so they sure haven't, they haven't disrupted okay they haven't disrupted things too much okay so there may be a, a bit of a there may be a bit of a gap right a generational gap of a few years but we saw that the oldest warrior they had was a late teenager like late teens. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Because I, like, I was like, don't I worry. Imagine, I can't don't imagine that worry. <laughs> Yeah, don't worry. Also, they're physically mutated. Um, right. So their DNA so is If they up. absolutely need to, you could theoretically, like their genes are fine. They're just physically disfigured. You think? I would imagine so. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're physically... calling them mutants though. So like, I feel like their DNA is well, all fucked up now. Oh, that opens questions about genetics that I do not have the knowledge to get into. (laughs) I do have a note here where Obi-Wan goes up to Anakin. He's like, so what happened in the cave? And Anakin's like, "Uh, I don't know. Anyway, let me talk about something else, which (laughs) masterful deflection there, Anakin. Clearly you learned something from Obi-Wan. Now we go back to Coruscant. Yes, back to Coruscant. Back to Coruscant. Uh, They get Palpatine to his bunker. Grievous is in there. Rip. Fal, Madama, and Roran Korab, because uh, they both die. In the best way possible. Shock T, like, when the droids, the, she's fighting the droids, and the droids retreat. And she's like, oh, sh- shit. Fuck. They're dead. Like, yeah, and, like, she's like, they're books dead. it back. <laughs> books it back. Grievous kills the two Jedi. And with his forearms. <laughs> with his forearms. He pulls out his forearms. We can't, we can't overlook this, because this is the first reveal of his forearms. Yeah, I don't think they got revealed. And uh, if you're if you're watching this and you're not reading any of the books or comics, and yes, this is the first reveal of his forearm, which right. undercuts it the reveal in Revenge of the Sith slightly. Right, that's what I'm thinking of because sure, like that's okay. a major part of the thing where he pulls out of his arms the two lightsabers and then his two arms come down and then he picks up two more lightsabers and then he goes after Kenobi or whatever. Like that's a big scene. Yeah, like, 
the thing about the expanded universe is that sometimes it undercuts the films. Like yeah. when Lucas was shooting the prequels, I will tell you this and you will never unsee it. There is never a shot of them going into hyperspace from the inside of the cockpit. Not once. The ships mm-hmm. jump into hyperspace, but we never see them in hyperspace. We never see the, the, the streaks. And the reason for this is because Lucas intended that if you watch the movies in chronological order, when Luke sees hyperspace for the first time, that is the first time the audience sees it as well. Ah, okay. And he didn't want, if, if you watch the movies in chronological order, he didn't want to ruin that moment. If you watch The Clone Wars and The Bad Batch, you've seen hyperspace oh, yeah. before you get to that moment. I love how much of a dick Palpatine is to Grievous. And Grievous is like, oh, you're not going to hurt me. Your master would kill you. Right. And we know that du- Grievous thinks he means Dooku, but Palpatine's actually talking about himself. Oh, yeah, it's super meta. <laughs> it's super, like, 40 chess going on here. Yeah, yeah, He's like, well, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. I only know this because I'm the one who's going to do it to you. Yes. Shakti shows up. Uh, Grievous, like, fucking chokes her and takes her lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, drags the Chancellor out. Mace Windu shows up and just force crushes Grievous's chest. Which is how he got the cough. Which is how he got the cough in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, it was, it's almost like a fix it because we see him, he never has the cough anywhere else. No, they must have had to add this after they got the script. They they, they got the script to Revenge of the Sith. Mace Windu got the script to Revenge of the Sith and went, shit, uh, Grievous has to cough. Let me just do that real fast. But it's kind of like a clever fix in my eyes because it's like, it's Mace Windu's last, like, he knows that they're leaving and they've lost or whatever. And it's kind of like his last attempt to just something, just to do something to him. And then he literally right. first crushes his body. <laughs> right. Which is, I mean, Mace Windu could have tried to pull the chancellor back. He could have right. done a lot of things, but he opted to use the force to attack Grievous, which is a thematic problem. He really shouldn't be doing that. Right. With his one force action, but he runs in Grievous escapes Mace Windu runs in, fine shock T like strung up to the ceiling. Right. I feel like this is where it went wrong. That when this was being developed, yeah. At the time it was being developed, because the lead time for animation, most likely shock T being taken to the ship was still in the script. Right. And I feel like this scene was added after the fact to explain why she's still here and alive. Yeah, because if you if you cut the scenes in a way to where like, okay, so uh Grievous is like he's got he's the cables come out of his wrist or something which by the way he has like weird cable technology things coming out of his body okay let's talk about that for a second um, yeah they had to randomly invent a, a reason like a thing maybe that's where his buzzsaw is too in his arms um and his little cables come out and he's like we have other plans for her if you cut that and you don't show the part where mace comes back and sees her then she was taken on the ship too yes theoretically. yes I feel like this scene was added after the fact. It had to be. They had to have added this after the fact to be like, uh, no, she's still there and he didn't kill her and he strung her up to the ceiling. Wildly out of character for Grievous, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, he randomly has these cables now that he just deployed. He didn't, he couldn't have used these any other time. Yeah. Uh, three, it's a really weird note to end this subplot on. Like uh, we have to show that she's, she's alive now. Jump back to the Venator 
Anakin's getting his arm repaired. He and Obi-Wan have like a conversation and it's a really nice dynamic like between the two of them when they have this talk. Where was this the whole fucking show? Well, we didn't get the script until... We didn't get the script for it. <laughs> we didn't know they were actually supposed to like each other. Right. Whoops. Oops. Yeah, I'm watching the Clone Wars now and the, the 2008 series and it's they handle it so much better with them... One of my favorite scenes of the Clone Wars is from the episode Rookies. And there's a sequence. Rex and Cody have gone off to inspect a base. And they have left Obi-Wan and Anakin back on the cruiser. And they haven't checked in because the base is under attack and the communications are being jammed. They can't check in. Somebody remarks, oh, it's weird that Rex hasn't checked in. And (laughs) Obi-Wan goes, well, Anakin, I see that your captain is as good at following orders as you are. (laughs) To which Anakin retorts, Maybe Cody is boring Rex with standard procedures and protocol. (laughs) Which, I love that scene. Also, now I just realized that they, Anakin and Obi-Wan both have their own clone boyfriends. That's interesting that you bring that up. That they're like, Obi-Wan has Cody and then Anakin has Rex technically. Yeah, yep, (laughs) yep. All all the Jedi generals were given their own clone boyfriends. That's right, interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I mean, I mean, Anakin and Padme are a thing, yeah, but, like, I feel like both of them would be fine. Maybe not as a boyfriend, but maybe as, like, you know, Anakin's best friend who also, you know, sometimes the three of them hook up. Right. Once in a while. Right. Once in a a while. He comes over for dinner on Thursdays. Yeah. You know, he comes (laughs) over. It's nice. It's nice to just have a third on call that you both know and you both trust. To be like, damn, I feel like uh, being adventurous tonight. Why don't we call Rex and have him over for a few drinks? Well, there you go. Now, canonically, that's why Padme has twins. Because one of the twins is actually (laughs) Anakin's son. The other one is Rex's daughter. And that's why Leia barely has any powers in the original movies. Because she's really just a part clone. Oh, oh, Lord. There you go. There's another Marvel what if for you. Yeah, what if... Uh... <laughs> no, stop. We're not going there. We're not going there. We're not, go- we're not going there. We're not going there. Oh, Lord. We might end up cutting that segment out. I don't know. Oh, no, I'm going to leave it in. I'm, we're just You're not going to leave continue. it in? I don't want to I don't want to breathe it into existence because, you know, someone at Disney is listening and they're like, oh, yeah. shit, that's a good idea. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, what if uh, What if Padme was, was impregnated by Rex instead of Anakin? Yeah, there you go. Good Lord. So they receive the word that the chancellor has been kidnapped. They run off and the final shot is above Coruscant. Uh, We get the space battle that we're literally going to see at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. And that's it. We have made it. We have made it. We did it, Joe. We did it, Joe. We have made it to the end of the Clone Wars microseries. Bradley, what are your final thoughts on uh, episode 25? Um, It's great. I... Honestly, like I said, I love the Shakti stuff. I think she's amazing. Again, I kind of like the idea that maybe some of it exists within the canon, some of it doesn't. I think I'd like to believe that maybe because of the way they ended this, if I consider this part of the canon, then it's just she just eventually just dies at the temple like everybody else um, during right. Order 66. But, I like you know. I like to pretend the Force Unleashed doesn't exist. I don't even know what that is yet, so it's fine. He's gonna buy listeners. He's planning to buy it and play it. He's planning to do this. We'll see how good the graphics just, are. I don't know. Just to annoy me. 
so he can hit me. You know that game has flamethrowers in it, Bradley. Oh, I'm already downloading it right now. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Listen, um, listen, my brand at this point is two things. If you ever hear my name mentioned on another podcast, it is in one of two contexts. How much I love the High Republic right? or how much I fucking hate the flamethrower. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Unless, of course, we're talking about my enemy, the fucking flamethrower. <laughs> Which it would be useless against because fire cancels out fire. <laughs> <laughs> It knows what it did. Well, let me ask you, what? Well, now that we finished the whole series, what yeah. did you think of the series as a whole? Starting from the beginning, you know, I, I love Asajj Ventress. I love that she was even included in this. And because this came before, obviously, Clone Wars did. And so this was our first quote unquote introduction to her. I think as a kid, I would have lo- probably loved to see more of her. I, I do feel sad that they kind of cut her out of the second half, but that's because she wasn't involved in Revenge of the Sith at all, which because they replaced her essentially with Grievous, which is kind of, eh, I don't know if I like that, but it doesn't, it doesn't a, matter. There's a it's pretty great, there's a pretty great little comic where her and Dirge are fighting against General Grievous. And it turns out to be like a test to see who is the most capable of leading the droid army and Grievous wins. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I think I would have liked, because especially because I love Asajj Ventress, I think if she would have been included in the Revenge of the Sith script in some capacity, I think it would have been really cool to just have her be this like anti-Anakin essentially throughout the whole thing. Like she's really the bad guy, but then we come to realize like, oh wait, just kidding. Like Anakin's obviously, you know, going to become Darth Vader. And so he's the real bad the whole time. And I don't know, this, this show did a good job of just introducing her and being you know, who she was. And I actually really like Dirge too. I wish he kind of would have stuck around longer too. I kind of feel like he was gypped as well. But I get why things happened the way they did. Because like you said, they finally got the script for Revenge of the Sith. So they had everybody got the script for Revenge everything. And uh, Asajj Ventress and Dirge read it and went, well, this is bullshit. They're like, we're going to get out of here. We're going to go do our own stuff. This is bullshit. Asajj Ventress is going to go on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Where, where she where she will uh, school everyone uh, and and dirge uh, went on to work as a traffic cop. That's what dirge is doing now right now. Well, he, he's, he's working as a traffic cop right now until he gets the script for uh, Book of Boba season two and then he's gonna come <laughs> back. <laughs> well, he's alive. So why not throw him he's on alive. there? I mean he's enough of an asshole to be a traffic cop so. That's I mean, true. maybe he's maybe he's good at it. Maybe he enjoys it. We'll see. I don't know. He clearly he clearly was paid enough money to come back for uh, an issue of Doctor Afra, so right. he is alive around the point of Empire Strikes Back. Uh, yeah, in maybe, the new maybe him and Chrysanthemum can kind of duke it out. That's what I want to see. I want to see Dirge versus Chrysanthemum. Yeah, they could duke it out with me in the middle of them. Okay. Uh, no, I. It was an interesting experience to rewatch this again because. Having talked about the original Dark Horse comics on First Steps a couple of uh, months ago, and then also, you know, going back and watching this, it's interesting to revisit the Clone Wars as it was before the 2008 show came out. Right. Because the 2008 show has defined everything about the Clone Wars moving forward. And the Clone Wars as portrayed by the Clone Wars Multimedia Project was a very different war than the one that happens in the Clone Wars TV show, the 2008 show. So it has been interesting for me. There are a lot of elements that I really like. 
that I like still that I think hold up. A lot of the stuff, especially with Anakin, is a relic of a different era. I think we take Anakin, we take things for granted now. People throw a fit about like how some of the material tie into the sequel trilogy, like they wrote it and they didn't know what the next thing was going to be. And that used to be how the prequels work. We would get supplementary material and they didn't know at the time what the next movie was going to be. We take for granted now that we have things like the Clone Wars to bridge the gap between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. But for the first year or two of stuff coming out for the Clone Wars, they had no idea what was going to happen in Revenge of the Sith. They had to like, if you play the Clone Wars video game, the game literally called the Clone Wars, they had no idea what was going to happen in Revenge of the Sith. They were working off of of Attack of the Clones and that was it. And some stuff from Lucas that vaguely they knew what was going to happen. So it is interesting to go back and look at that and be like, well, damn, this is interesting to watch now that we don't, they didn't know what was coming up. So I found this to be a fascinating rewatch of this series. Yeah, I wish they, you know, I kind of, I love the style of the art. I, I know we haven't really talked about that too much uh, in a while, but we did in the early <clears throat> ones, but right. at this one is like it. It looks cool. It looks cool. It looks I miss amazing. the style. I, I love the, I call it Samurai Jack style because it's, you know, just the show that same made it guy. popular. But yeah. It's the same um, guy. Right. It's I almost it. like, it's almost like animation is a perfectly valid medium for telling stories. And you can do some amazing things in animation that maybe wouldn't come across so well in live action. What? Uh, maybe animation is, uh, at just as valid of an artistic form as live action is the no. Oscars. No, I don't believe that. Looking at you, the fucking Academy. <laughs> Do I need to come slap you, Academy? Because I will if you don't take <laughs> animation seriously. You know what? We should just give them their own their own award. They have they have their own awards, but they it doesn't get nearly as much coverage and then and the oscars mm. they're like sh- always shitting on animation as being like a yeah. kid genre which is bullshit uh i'm not gonna go off on that because i have a lot of feelings about that next time on <laughs> next time on gold's Gadget days charles <laughs> rants about how animation needs to be taken more seriously for an hour and a half good grief right. uh well genuinely next time as of recording this we don't quite all have our plans in order but what we can say, Bradley has been reading some books. Have. We are going to talk a little bit about some of the books that Bradley has been reading. Uh, and then after that, we are going to take a week off uh, right. before our Obi-Wan Kenobi episode zero. Theoretically, we're waiting until this Wednesday, May the 4th, so that if anything else, even a second trailer, anything else comes out, Obi-Wan Kenobi, we'll have at least two weeks to digest yes. before we even can talk about something. Well, so. then begins, then begins, dear listeners, what I am terming Star Wars Hell Week. Because, as previously mentioned on this show, Bradley has scheduled conflicts and cannot attend, but I will be at all four days of celebration because I live an hour away from the convention center. The first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi are coming out the day before Celebration. Actually, during Celebration now. During Celebration. So, um... Yeah, so you'll get our you'll get our episode zero on Monday, and then Kenobi 1 and 2 will come out that following Friday during the 
second day of celebration. And listeners, then... <laughs> we're we're going to try to keep up with Obi Wan Kenobi. We're going we to will. do our best. It's just not going to be. But as just know quick. that I will be at celebration for the four days. Right. So when we can get about recording, and Bradley has the thing that is his schedule conflict that we have to work around. So we're going to try uh, to get. I all that in one week so we're gonna try, we're gonna try to get you guys episodes one and two coverage of kenobi plus an additional bonus episode of coverage just anything they talked about at celebration that charles will relay that information to me and you at the same time oh i'll be frantically well no i'll also be frantically texting you all weekend probably well of course but we can discuss in length what we think it all means and what all that stuff you is. don't you don't get to enjoy shit, Bradley. <laughs> you <laughs> don't not. get a you don't get time away from me. No, <laughs> that does not happen. He's gonna be texting me all those th- those two weeks. I feel like are gonna be our true test of our listeners. <laughs> our there's a reason we're not having guests for Obi Wan Kenobi, and that's because it's right. gonna be hard enough to get them. We'll get there, and we have a nice little chill book episode that we're gonna do next week. Uh, so join us for that. And then, as mentioned, we'll have a week off, and then we will dive into Obi-Wan Kenobi with episode zero, which will cover all of the marketing that will have occurred up to that point. Thank you for hanging out with us through the Clone Wars micro-series. May the fourth be with you. And Bradley, if you would, go ahead and run our socials so that I can start mentally preparing myself for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron Games. Did Charles fuck something up? Email us and let us know at goldsquadrongaze at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at goldsquadgaze, and you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at goldsquadrongaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at goldsquadrongaze, where we post this podcast as well as exclusive video content. Please join us next week and every week for another episode of Gold Squadron Games. I bet there's fan fiction out there about that. There's if it exists, there's porn about it. That's how you the, say that's the that. rule. Of you say that. I'm not gonna get into that conversation. Well, let's just say that that rule does not always hold true. It will after I finish writing it. <laughs>